Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Claire O'Sullivan podcast. So tonight, I am joined tonight or today, whenever you're listening, I am joined by another incredible guest, um, someone that I am very excited to actually have a proper chat with, um, the amazing Bobby Harrington. Um, so as always, I'm not going to try and introduce you, Bobby, but I just want to say thank you so much for being here with me this evening. And I want you to tell us who you are and what you're all about. Okay, hello. Well, thank you for having me, Claire. Um, it's so nice to be on here. And as you said, just having a chat, I suppose we've done quite a little, quite an array of things over the last while together, but more in a professional sense. And we haven't really had the chance to just chat one-on-one. So I've been looking forward to chatting with you this evening and uh, just talking about all things life. Um, so I am Roberta Harrington, as you said, known to most as Bobby, and I am a food blogger slash content creator slash yoga instructor, sharing my love for all things yoga and food and life in general over on my Instagram. I am also a buyer with Intersport Elvery, so that's my full-time role. And yeah, I suppose from Cork, living in Mayo now, got brought up to the Wild West and I'm 27. So that's the nuts and bolts, I think. Nothing too strange or startling in that. Amazing. Amazing. And I guess, Bobby, um, we know each other from a few years back, but I guess I really started to, I guess, come to know you more over the last year and a bit through seeing your Instagram and seeing like predominantly like your yoga and the food side of things, um, which was something before that I didn't really know you were into. So I'd love to know, like, how did you how did you get so into the yoga? How did you get so into the food side of things? When did that all start? Yeah, so I think the food was something that was there since I was very young. The yoga came at a later stage when I started to go on a bit of a journey, I suppose, spiritually and physically as well. Um, So always loved baking and cooking. And I was always that person at home that would just spend hours in the kitchen. You know, I can even remember back to times when I was nine, 10 years old. And, you know, you'd be running down the hallway being like, anyone around to taste this that or whatever it might be and sure it could be burnt it could be raw it could be any of the above um (laughs) but you'd be so excited you'd be so so excited and I don't know if it was through stubbornness or what but I just I was never a person that followed a recipe I always wanted to put my stamp on things I wanted it to be mine you know I didn't want it to be anybody else's so um yeah the kind of the recipe creation I suppose started from a very young age or the throwing a few things together and hoping it would work out started from a very young age and it slowly just developed and developed um there was a period of my life where my love for food and my love for cooking and baking took quite a sideline seat we might chat a, a little bit about it later um and then it was when I was it was 2020 it was January 2020 and I suppose I just had so many people always asking, you know, like, oh, can I have the recipe to this or to that? Because you'd bring things to, you know, parties or birthdays or whatever it might be. And um, people were constantly asking for recipes. And I was like, you know what, now I'm going to bite the bullet and I'm just going to start sharing them somewhere. So um, with some added pressure slash support from my sister (laughs) and Ferg, my boyfriend, um, I finally started to share on my Instagram in 2020. And you know what? It's just grown from there. It's flourished. I think even myself, I've learned so much more because obviously like I create very consistently now when I'm cooking maybe five evenings in the week, I'm, I'm totally obsessed. I'm totally obsessed. Whereas before it was more sporadic. So um, it's something that has just completely grown my love for it has grown my passion for it has grown and I just like I I don't see it going anywhere do you know the way sometimes if you do so much of one thing or even too much of one thing that you get tired of it but it's not happening um so yeah really enjoying all of the food and then the yoga was something that came a little later in life um I mean I I can remember my first yoga you actually would know this girl Lee Ryan I can remember my first yoga class um I was down in UL in college and my friend Neve had had an accident where she had done something to her hips um on a zip line one time on holidays with the family and uh she was basically told that some hot yoga would be very beneficial to her so is it a place called Delta I think it's a couple of minutes from UL I think it's called Delta and uh she kind of 
rallied a few of us together anyway and said, would we go to this thing called hot yoga? I was like, right, well, we'll give it a go, being a sport, a friend, all that jazz. So off we took anyway to hot yoga and like it was our first time there, 90 minutes in like this searing hot. Like I can just remember like there was these men like at the very at the in the very front row inside the yoga studio. Sorry, I'm completely going off the ball here. But anyway, the first experience <laughs> with yoga um, and they were like in the very front row of the yoga studio and like they were just like living for it, like living and breathing the whole class. And I was like, geez, maybe one day I could be them, you know, and um. I remember two or three of the girls came out of the class and they absolutely hated it. Like they were like, oh, my God, I'm never again going back. And then I just came out of it and I was like, I can't wait to go back. So it was like a completely different opinion on the whole experience. So I think that was kind of the start of it. Um, Started doing a little bit more yoga, not necessarily hot yoga. And as I started to do a little bit more work in myself spiritually as well, and I had a bit of healing to do you know, from kind of, I was suffering, I had been suffering with an eating disorder during that time as well. And it was this really safe space for me to be in, um, to find some stillness to, I suppose, take my mind off a lot of other things. Um, Because when you're moving with yoga and, you know, going through different asana, um, you're so completely centered and focused on the task at hand that you don't have time to think about anything else. Um, and just, I think my love for it grew and grew and grew. And finally, I just decided that I want to be able to share this with more people. I want to be able to teach this to people. Um, and PE teaching was my undergrad. So, you know, teaching was kind of there anyway. It was more the case of learning you know, the asana, learning the pranayama, which is breath work, um, learning more about the more spiritual side of things as well, like the chakras and and the limbs of yoga and all that. Um, so I did the teacher training in May 2020, and I just haven't looked back since. It's been the best thing I've ever done. Um, so, yeah, that is pretty much where the food and yoga came from. One from a very young age, one a little bit later. But um, yeah, I think everyone can find a passion a little bit later in life, can't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I didn't realize that it was only like, say, maybe around lockdown time, you kind of started sharing your recipes and things like that on Instagram. So like this is all like, I guess, relatively still new that you've been sharing all your yoga and your food content. Yeah, definitely. Like still new, I suppose, in my head, because I'm doing it so much now, it's much more natural. Um, but like, as you said, I'm still growing. I'm still like getting the page kind of off its feet, if that makes sense. Or what? what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I can't even think, but like just starting to to build and build and build and like my community is growing yes but what I like about it is that the people who you know were with me first day are still there and we're still interacting all of the time and um yeah I just feel like it's a really solid tight-knit group and I love kind of toing and froing and chatting to people about different recipes that they've tried of mine and you know people send on photos and um different reviews even and feedback of, of recipes and yoga sessions that they've done and I absolutely love it but yeah it's all pretty new but um I just love it I absolutely love it without sounding like toxically positive or anything I just really do love it um I know like I guess what I nearly meant by that was like when I go on your page and everything like you've got like a really big following and everything looks so professional the way you're doing it that I nearly like had it in my head that like you've been doing it for so long or that you've been at this for years but like and you're like you're doing this alongside a full-time job as well which I'm sure like like that's it's nearly a full-time job on its own posting as consistently as you do well completely I think nobody understands really the amount of effort and time that goes into content creation and you know sometimes you put up a recipe online and for the most part there'll always be a lot of love and you know people will give it a like and maybe a share or they'll save it or whatever um but I suppose People can get in touch and ask for lots of different weird and wonderful things. And you're kind of like, yeah, well, I'd hope to do that and I'd hope to do this for you. But they don't really realize the amount of time and how time consuming it is to go and create all these recipes. Um, And I do really appreciate what you say about it looking professional and all that, because I suppose I can sometimes get into this headspace where I'm like, okay, no, I need to go and buy all the latest gear, all the latest gadgets, or, you know, God, I need to work on the lighting, the angling. I need to get a different workspace because you start to compare and contrast yourself against all these other food bloggers or content creators. And 
um it's nice to hear some feedback like that you know that it looks professional and all this but um yeah you definitely can fall into the trap of comparing and contrasting against other people because look as as much as I love Instagram and I do I think it's amazing for like that you know inspiration for um kickstarting people into healthy habits and all that and um getting people into home cooking or more movement or whatever it might be there's always the side of things as well and I try not to fall into that trap where you just where you do you compare and you contrast against other people and um so yeah it's nice to hear that feedback thank you no and I try to I do I I, like I try to steer away from being like you know come on Bob like you can do better than that or you know negative self-talk I suppose in relation to content creation but like you said I have a full-time job on the side as well and I probably need to give myself a little bit more praise at times but totally and I suppose Bobby you've come into our community and done a few cook-alongs with us and whenever I saw your content and saw what you were doing the one thing that always strikes me like regardless of what kind of video it is um it's the passion that you have for it and the love that you have for it and I don't think that can be created or I don't think that can be faked and whenever I see content on social media like I don't think it's ever really about how perfect a video looks but I think it's about the energy that's behind that and I think it just always rings so true um, how passionate you are about what you're doing um, and when you have come into our community and cooked live in front of us like you you just like you're loving what you're doing all of the time and I think that's what's so spe- what's so special about it um, one thing I'd love Thank to know you. like what um, what is it that like cooking and creating recipes and sharing those recipes like what does that give you because you're putting so much time into it like what is it about that that you get that you feel like, my God, I'm never going to get sick of this. I can do this forever. Yeah, really good question. Um, I think for me, like I was so lucky to be brought up in a household where we were taught to cook and where we were served up home cooked meals all of the time. And, you know, a chipper was a treat maybe once in the blue moon or you'd pop into McDonald's once in the blue moon. But I think as you get a little bit older and you start to look around, you see that that's not something that every family has for a whole host of different reasons. Maybe it's financially, maybe there's a lack of stability in the home. Um, Maybe there's a lack of a skill set around cooking within the home as well. Um, And I think for me, like the, the biggest thing is that I just want to help people to home cook and to home bake where possible. And I want it to be fun for them and I want it to be easy for them. Um, and I think I did a role when I was in UL. Um, so I ran for the the role of Deputy President Welfare Officer the year after I finished for the year. Um, and obviously within that, I would have had a huge amount of one-on-one time with students. And there would have been quite a lot of work around welfare, student welfare. And within that was like financial help. Um, and it was like, I think in that role, Claire, that I realized that how lucky I really was to have grown up in in the household that I was in, how lucky I was to have been in the position that I was in all through college, to be coming down with two or three full bags of shopping for the week, um, to be coming down with the knowledge and the skill set of being able to cook a proper meal, whether it was something simple like a stir fry, banging in a chicken breast to the oven with some sweet potato wedges, maybe cooking an omelette, whatever it was, I had the skill set to do to make something nourishing and um, something wholesome, you know, and it was in that role that I just genuinely realized that some students do not have a clue and it's not any fault of their own. It's not any fault of the parents. There just hasn't been um, kind of an environment curated at home where home cooking was prioritized or eating well was prioritized. And there was like this whole imbalance or this whole, piece missing where you know they just didn't even know how to begin um and within that role as well like that year we would have done quite a lot around um cooking classes and getting kids in and or getting students in even um you know to just learn basics like meal prepping like a, a curry that might do you for a couple of days or you know different simple recipes like this um so I think like for me ultimately behind it all it's just that I've been so grateful to have lived a healthy, a 
wholesome, like a nourishing life, you know, with all the good food and all the movement through sport. Um, and I just want everybody else to be able to to realize that as well. Um, wow. Both in movement and in food. And like that genuinely is is the most part of the passion behind it. Like I do have to say, obviously, I'm I would see myself as quite creative. I have ideas floating around in my head all of the time. And um I love things like poetry. I love creating. I love bringing things together. And obviously food and content creation and recipe creation allows me to do that as well. So that's obviously something on the side too that that is a massive part of why I do it. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like overall, it's the, the want for people to be able to realize a healthy life and to empower them to lead that. Um, that's always been the the very fundamental part of it okay so it sounds like somewhere along there like you uncovered like a strong mission and a strong purpose that like it's one thing like enjoying these things for yourself but it sounds like you're really compelled to share this and to help others with this now on your journey yeah, completely. I mean, everything that I put up, obviously it's fun to create reels and it's fun to create recipes and all that. And I really do love it. But ultimately, with the amount of time and effort that goes into what I do, um, there's, you know, there's something a little bit deeper at play there. There is a mission at play there. And I think that mission is to just help other people live healthier lives and to lead a better lifestyle for them because you know where some of us you know I might have followers who were in their 20s or 30s who might not have kids yet and um a lot of what you do yourself in in those years will have a knock-on effect in maybe the the skills or the knowledge or the habits that you pass on to your kids whenever they come around so um yeah I think it's it's a really important time for people to spend the time on cooking and movement and getting into you know healthier habits because you know when you have babies and you have kids things can get things get very busy very fast and you don't really have the time to invest in in learning how to cook an omelet or learning how to roast a chicken you know um so yeah I think now is now is the time to be doing all of those things and to be kind of bringing your skill set together for not just you but for you know the next generation to come to that's absolutely amazing I suppose I love how that developed from just like being into cooking as a child and like just always wanted to create things to then maybe seeing like like how that wasn't the norm and becoming really grateful for that and I guess now wanting to share that with others and I suppose I can really resonate with what you're saying there in wanting um, I suppose like I like from my own journey I feel like that I've been really lucky to learn the things that I know today to have gone on the journey that I've gone on today to not be struggling with some of the things that I was struggling with before and that's why I also feel like really compelled to help other people live healthier and happier and more fulfilling lives and I feel like 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 you, I don't ever see myself doing anything different. I don't ever want to be doing anything different. And it just, it feels like a draw and a pull. And I wouldn't care if I didn't get anything like out of it. It's just, it, I feel like that's what I have to do. And it sounds like that that's what you have to do um, as well, which I think is really cool that we're actually very lucky to have uncovered that as well, because a lot of people don't have that. Um, Definitely. We pull like, we pull off these experiences within our lifetime don't we always and like you know for me it was maybe the experience of the time as deputy president welfare in UL like that was the the point that really solidified to me that you know I was really lucky to be in the position that I was and probably as you went through your health and fitness journey you're now in a position where you can draw off that experience similarly and use your newfound knowledge to to help other people because I think when you're in a position where you were once maybe not at your best and now you're feeling at your best and you can take on the world, you want to help everybody else to get to that point, to reach the peak as well, isn't it? And it's like, how can I do that? And it's like, you know, what were the things that I did that were manageable that you know I enjoyed that didn't make it feel like too much work or too much effort um and we try to just maybe bring all that together for others to to be able to utilize 
totally totally I think it's when you see how much of a difference like like the journey you've been on has made to your life the journey I've been on has made to my life like you don't want someone to be struggling like the way you are when when I guess you feel like there's answers to that yes that puzzle um you um just to touch on the yoga side of things then I suppose it sounds like like that's where maybe you find peace and that's where you feel like you're truly present and can let go of the worries of the world can you tell me a small bit more about that like so for anyone who has never done yoga for anyone who'd love to be able to quiet down the mind of it like what what is that all about how do you get that from yoga and how does someone like go about uncovering that yeah like I have to say it's a journey and whether it's like with meditation or with movement by yoga um like it wasn't something that just happened for me overnight I think when I started yoga first day it was I really relied on the movement element of it in order to to quieten the mind when you're moving and you're following an instructor and you're moving from posture to posture and you're listening to all these teaching cues to make sure that you're doing it correctly you're so focused on the task at hand that you just everything else melts away you don't have time to worry about your your job or anything else that's going on it's just you in that moment moving from breath to breath from you know posture to posture and I think as you start to build a consistency with the movement part of it um that you just start to create a little bit more space mindfully um and it becomes a little bit easier then to if I was to sit down and do meditation then after maybe the first year of of moving my body within yoga it was much easier to do meditation after the year than it was after, you know, the first couple of weeks in. There was a lot more space there to kind of work through thoughts. There was a lot more, there was a le- less frustration, I would say, in just sitting and being. Um, And there was an ability there to just allow negative thoughts to pass by, to like recognize that they were there and just to be like, right, move on now. You know, it was like you had your, your, power back you had your control back um and obviously now when I'm in the position where I'm not just in a a studio being somebody's student I'm the teacher um it's it's very different now because you know you're trying to help to cultivate that same environment for others to be able to find that stillness and to find that calm and to find that peace and it can be very challenging for some people in order to do that and I think if you're new to yoga or if you've tried yoga and you just find that it's you've too much time to think, perhaps um, the only thing that I can recommend to you is to really focus on the physical side of it and the, the spiritual side or the emotional side or that mindful peace will follow. Um, and that's what I think is so powerful about the movement side of yoga is that especially on a beginner's journey um, to somebody who's trying to find a little bit more peace within themselves, physically and mentally. Um, it really allows us to do that because you're focusing from literally breath to breath and movement to movement. Um, and as I said, I think it comes with time. It comes with patience. It comes with practice. Um, and I mean, I'm in a position now, you know, how many years later where Claire, like I just love being by myself, sitting in silence no phone like I mean they the girls take the piss out of me all the time because my phone's always on airplane mode like I'm uncontactable half the time I'm just like no just stop the world and let me off you know um and I couldn't do that before I mean I couldn't sit with my own thoughts before like there was no way that I could switch off I'd have every kind of a thought circling around my head over and over and over again growing legs growing more legs and growing more legs and now I'm in a position where I'm just like sitting there in so much peace and so much silence and it's honestly it's it's so satisfying like I can't tell you how satisfied I am to just some evenings come home sit on the couch even just put on a little bit of like therapeutic music in the background like the lights are low they're dimmed there's nothing else happening and you're literally just sitting there with your eyes closed and it's so therapeutic and it's so lovely um and I I try to liken it to some people like I think what annoys me at times, right, about some people is that, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, is that when they close their eyes and they try to meditate, they just expect it to happen. Like as in, 
oh, well, crap, look, I gave that a go and it didn't work out. But I'm like, <laughs> if you're in to a gym and you picked up a 70 kg weight on day one and you tried to lift it, would it happen for you? Probably not, right? <laughs> but if you went and you picked up maybe a 10 kg weight, you lifted it, you said, right, we're off, we're here we go, we're starting, starting things here. You know, maybe a couple of weeks later, you might go to your 20 kg and then maybe after a year, you'll be able to pick up that 70 kg weight and say and lift it and lift it a couple of times and do however many reps you want. Um, The exact same thing goes with the mind. You have to train it consistently. It's a muscle. The brain is a muscle and we have to train it and we have to nurture it and we have to practice like we would with any other physical element, whether it's running, maybe doing your couch to 5K, you can see that progress or whether it's starting a training program and building and building and building um, or whether it's moving from, you know, a, a gentle form of yoga to a power yoga over time. We have to train the mind and train the body in order to do that. It just doesn't happen over time. Um, and I think the same goes for like yoga itself, the physical side of it and the movement side of it. Um, you can't just hop on the yoga mat and expect to be able to do the splits. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm still in the position now where I, I practice them all the time and I'm still not there, but I will get there. It has taken years and years of work. So I think it's just about like people having an open mind and just knowing that it, there's no shortcut, shortcut to this journey. It's about you know, consistency, it's about buying in completely and it's about seeing it as something that can completely transform your life yeah. um, and to give it the time that it deserves to do that. Yeah. Um, I know I I've know. packed in quite a lot there, but no, yeah, I think overall, yeah. No, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say that makes it makes so much sense to me. I don't feel like I'm anywhere near like where you are in terms of like, in terms of that journey of like finding more stillness. I feel like I have so much more work to do, but I suppose from what I, what I can understand from what you were saying there, it's like yoga kind of gave you like this bit of a gateway into feeling more stillness where like actually focusing on your physical body, like allowed you to to quieten things down because I guess those movements weren't automatic you had to think a lot about them when they became more automatic maybe the fact that you had slowed down a bit when you were learning them like freed up that little bit of space then where you were maybe that little bit like like maybe that little bit more still and able to acknowledge some of those thoughts as just thoughts floating by and able to find the stillness alongside them um, I feel like I've had very brief glimpses of that. And I guess like from my understanding, there's lots of different ways maybe of accessing that yoga is one way, meditation is one way. Maybe for some people, like starting with the physical practice can be a good idea because it maybe maybe makes it a little bit easier for us to stick with it in comparison to just sitting and meditating. Um, yeah. Am I right in what I've said there? No, totally. And like for other people, it's maybe something like journaling and just getting their thoughts on paper um, and just taking that couple of moments where there's no other distractions. There's nobody else around. There's no TV on. There's no loud music on. It's just about you sitting with your thoughts. Um, or for other people, it might be something like, you know, art and craft where they're just, again, like they're just being in this physical state. It's quite therapeutic. They have the time to just be still and kind of sit with their thoughts, but while doing something that they really enjoy. Um, so it doesn't always have to be, you know, you sitting on your yoga mat in a meditative position, closing your eyes and maybe listening to a guided meditation. It could be something that's meditative to you. So that might be via a hobby or, you know, a different passion that you have. I know for me that journaling really gets me into a meditative state it helps me to calm, to quieten the mind, to find such peace um, and to kind of get rid of any overwhelm that might be there before it. Um, if you think about it, when you get all your thoughts on paper, like something so simple, you might have a really busy work week ahead. You feel like, oh, my God, how am I going to fit all this in? How am I going to get my uh, how am I going to get my food right because I'm so busy? How am I going to get my movement right because I'm so busy? I have to look after the kids. All these things are happening. So if you actually just go and you sit down and you write down all of the things that you actually have to do, 
you start to make sense of it and you can say, right, well, actually, do you know what? I have an hour here on Monday. I have an hour on Thursday morning and I have an hour on Saturday where I can fit in my movement, whether that's yoga, running, walking. Um, and it just helps to bring a lot of clarity, I think. Um, so I think it's something that's just therapeutic overall. It doesn't have to be complete stillness. It doesn't have to be closing the eyes. Um, it doesn't have to be through yoga movement. It can just be something that is generally therapeutic for you. Um, and like that, for some people, it's sitting in a car with maybe it might be some nice music in the background and just just being a little bit more present. Do you know what I mean? Totally, totally. And like say, so the Bobby before who couldn't maybe sit with her thoughts or couldn't sit like in stillness versus the Bobby now who is very happy to do that and sounds like she's at home when she's doing that like I guess what is the difference like between those two versions of you and like what's the benefits now of doing this I would say in comparison to thinking Jesus I don't have the time like I don't have the time to be doing that yeah, <laughs> yeah. um so I would say to compare the two people like then and now I would say I'm much more rational much more composed I would say um the Bobby then was somebody who just couldn't stop you know the way you there's these people in your life who always have to be at something I couldn't even sit down to watch the television Claire like it was that bad um now I just love like slow time and that's all I can describe it as just being slow and just like sitting down maybe having a cup of tea maybe watching a series, maybe going to the yoga mat and doing a couple of stretches, maybe doing some journaling. Um, like something like journaling was just so foreign to me even back then and like trying to make sense of my thoughts and, and bring them to life on a piece of paper. It was so foreign to me. Um, and I would just say overall, I'm much more calm, much more centered, um, much more grounded. And I've a lot more clarity on my purpose and my mission now because I'm no longer cloudy because my thoughts are no longer jumbled um it's like all of my thoughts are kind of in sync almost or in harmony um whereas before it was like they were just all crisscrossing over I like if you can just imagine it as like kind of lines where each dot had its own place it's like all the lines were completely jumbled um there was no method to the madness there was just so much going on it was a bit of a haze and like Right now, I can say that my thoughts are quite clear. Um, I'm quite clear in what I want. I'm quite clear in, I'm, I'm much more decisive. Um, so I think all of these things have come as a result of that work and the time that I have spent in in working on that meditative state or finding a little bit more, more stillness. Um, so there are definitely a couple of benefits as well, like being more decisive overall, you know, knowing your purpose or knowing what you want and being clear on your vision. Um, right now, I can tell you what I want in five years time before I couldn't tell you what I want tomorrow. So it's just, yeah, much more clarity overall, I would say. Um, and I think overall, I'm probably just a nicer, more centered person to be around. And I mean, I've always been kind I've always been you know a, quite a positive natured person um but I do just think that I'm quite um I'm just quite centered to be around and I'll probably calm anyone in it calm somebody's energy do you know what I mean um totally yeah so yeah I think overall it's yeah it's been a big transition a big transformation but it hasn't been overnight it's been like it's been very progressive it sounds like an absolutely like such a like a powerful journey and it sounds like it has had an incredible impact on you and that like you're just like you sound like you're more content in yourself now I suppose what I think might be a barrier for some people to working on that and going on that journey that's taken you an awful long time is thinking well like you know if I'm just sitting in stillness and like not like doing things all the time am I going to be less productive am I going to let get less done like how am I going to get those things my things done if I am just sitting like being yeah really good point um 
I think that's the thing nowadays. Like we're just living in this rushing world where people think that they have to be doing, 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 going, going, going. Um, because if they're not, they're losing time or it's a waste of time. Um, and I think very slowly the narrative is changing, thankfully. I think people realize the importance of time to oneself, um, time for some self-care. Um, I mean, stress levels across the board, I think when you look around and even to people watch at times, stress and tension and anxiety are just ever present all around us. And if people can start to prioritize just even 10 minutes to themselves a day, it can help to relieve that tension, relieve that stress and relieve that anxiety. And imagine what the world would be like if those three things were, you know, completely reduced. If your workmates were a little bit more relaxed, if your family were a little bit more relaxed, if your friends were a little bit more relaxed, it would be a wonderful, wonderful world. Um, so I think it's important that we give ourselves time to kind of work through tension, work through stress. Um, and also for ourselves, like, I mean, by sitting in silence and stillness, we give the opportunity to, you know, the vagus nerve is something that you're probably very familiar with. And um, it's about, you know, allowing that to kind of not even I'm not going to use the word kick in I'm not going to you might help me along here now but um not to kick in but to calm it helps to calm the whole body basically overall and to send like to send positive signals throughout the body um and I think nobody realizes the what stress what overdoing it can do to the physical body um there'll be people who complain of pains in their back or their digestion is terrible or this is playing up again, that's playing up again. I just can't seem to get out of the cycle or my immune system is just so low. And what we sometimes fail to recognize is that our thoughts and the way that we live our lives, our regular day-to-day habits have such an impact on our overall health, have such an impact on our overall immunity. Um, and it can be the deciding factor in maybe having aches and pains in your body and not. And like, would you agree with that statement? Like, I don't think people understand how powerful um, our thoughts are in maybe cultivating aches and pains or 100%. stress. Can do that, you know? hundred percent and I suppose like um I guess like something that I found challenging in my career as so I suppose I, I was uh trained as a physio by background worked as a physio for quite a while worked in um in musculoskeletal physio for a while and you see a lot of people coming in with a lot of chronic pain and I suppose like there's a lot of different physio treatments out there for it but um there's a lot of evidence now coming out there that it's not just down to our physical bodies. A lot of it is the impact of like the impact of our psychology, the impact of like how we're thinking. And the like, like you were saying, even like, like the connection between our gut and the brain, like there's so much more at play than just like an ache in our back being down to some mechanical damage in our back that like, everything that you're saying there I'm nodding along here because I can like see it so much more and more from my practice of physio from what I'm doing day to day now and I suppose I think I was someone who fell into that trap of thinking okay taking time for stillness means that I'm less productive and I need to be doing whereas I suppose what I have found is that if I can slow down a small bit and take a little bit more time like you said I'm operating with more clarity and I actually find that I'm more productive because I'm more focused when I'm doing work and I actually get more like work done like more productive work done rather than doing lots of bits that don't really matter and being very scattered and misdirected in what's actually important yeah completely and I think if we if there's somebody listening now who you know kind of wakes up in the morning and the alarm goes off and they jump out of bed and they hop into the shower and then they rush out to get ready and they might get a couple of bites for breakfast in before they rush out the door um I think if you could even just look at something so simple like your morning routine and getting up even 30 minutes earlier for somebody who's listening now who just is that person who's been rushing 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 and not giving themselves any time to just 
maybe sit with their thoughts or to maybe just relax a little bit or, you know, be a little bit more calm. At, if you think about it, like in the morning time, you're going from your body is just like asleep all night long and it's in such a state of rest and it's at such a state of peace. And then you get up in the morning and if you're rushing, 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 it's like, OK, what's just happened? It's like a complete different world. And we need to give our bodies that time to transition between sleep to awake. And um, if you could just start getting up 30 minutes earlier, even doing something like having uh, your cup of tea or your cup of coffee, bring it back to bed and just sit there for a couple of minutes and enjoy it. Put the phone away. Don't bother with the phone. Nothing like that. Just sit there with your thoughts. Be still. Maybe think about what you'll be excited for for the day ahead. What are you maybe most grateful for right now? Some a little like a little bit of mental journaling um, and like giving yourself that little bit more time to like get on the road, get into work. Like we know how stressful it can be when it's like you're meant to be in work at 9 a.m. and it's 9.05 and you're like, oh my God, what if the boss is there and he sees me or something like that. So like you're saving yourself ultimately from so much stress and oh. so much overwhelm, so much overthinking. Um, So yeah, that's something that I'm working even more and more on right now is like my morning routine again um, and getting it back to where I want to be. Like I definitely give myself time in the morning, but I just want to give myself more time in the morning. I'd like to get some more movement in. Um, So yeah, like start with me. Like let's even do 10 minutes earlier. Let's build it to 20 minutes earlier to 30 minutes earlier. And like you said, like it will transform your productivity for the day ahead. It will transform your state of mind for the day ahead. You'll probably be more positive, more uplifted, more energized, and you'll probably just overall be a nicer co-worker. <laughs> totally, totally. And like, I guess it makes it easier for you to want to spend time with yourself if you feel that bit more at ease and that that, that bit more calm. But I suppose one thing I have even found is like, it's not even always that like, always like, that we need to spend more time necessarily doing a certain thing that if there's someone out there and they have like four kids and they have a full-time job and life is just crazy sometimes it's actually just like doing the things that you have to do normally anyway with a little bit more intention without like having loads of different things going on in your head about what I do need to do next and need to do next like just like being a little bit more present in the task that you're doing is something that has helped me. And I kind of think about it like, you know, just like having one tab open in your head, like not having like 10 different tabs, like just focusing on this one. And then the next one, because you don't generally get more done if you have the 10 open in your mind. Yes, yes, completely, completely. And I think when we're in a state of, um, when we're in a state of kind of rushing or when we're in a state of overwhelm, uh, we're more likely to kind of go between tasks, we're more likely to go between thoughts, to be a little bit more irrational, I suppose, in both our physical actions and in our thoughts and in our thought processes. Um, so like you said, just like focusing at one task at hand and allowing yourself that time, like you're not being selfish to give yourself that time, you know, for you to look at your husband and say, I just need 45 minutes. Can you look after the kids? This is my time. Like that's not being selfish. That is doing what you need to do for you to ultimately maybe be a better mom, to be a better wife. Um, Because it is just such a knock on effect in all of these different things. Um, So yeah, I think ultimately just allowing yourself the time number one. And when you were there and you've given yourself that time and you've showed up to just say, right, well, I'm here now. Let's just give it 100%. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Um, I think that's so, so powerful. And just seeing the impact that like getting into those practices more has had on your life makes me want to do that more. And I'm sure for anyone else who's listening is going to make them want to do it more. Um, But I feel like I've taken you off on a massive tangent there. I would love to just ask you a few quick fire questions, if that's okay, that I think might really help anyone who's listening, who finds getting into the likes of cooking and the likes of yoga, like maybe that little bit inaccessible to start and that little bit overwhelming to start. So are you okay with me asking you a few quick quick fire questions? Go for it. I can't, I can't guarantee that my answers will be quick fire, but yeah, go okay. for it. So your top tips um, for anyone wanting to kind of get better at home cooking, like where to start, how for it to not be so overwhelming? Yes. So 
the first thing I would say is to be more organized, to make a list of the meals that you want to cook for the week ahead, to go and do a shop that reflects that list so that you're stocked up, you're prepared, you're organized ahead of time. Um, because, you know, if you have great intentions, for example, to make a butternut squash and chickpea curry on a Monday evening, but you didn't do the shop over the weekend and it's 5 p.m. now, you're leaving work and you're tired and you just want something quick. So you're like, do you know what? I'm just going to go in and I'm going to buy a ready-made meal somewhere. So if you're already prepped ahead and you've spent the money on the ingredients and they're already sitting at home and you're mentally there being like, okay, tonight is butternut squash and chickpea curry night, then it will just make the whole process so much easier for you. Um, secondly, I would say keep it simple. You're starting off. You know, if you're, as we said earlier, if you're going to go into the gym on day one and lift that 70 kg weight, like it's it's not feasible to do that. So it's the same thing with anything, a new habit that you're trying to form, like cooking. Keep it simple. So if you're somebody who likes a chicken dish or a fish dish or a meat dish, whatever it might be, choosing something that is quite a low level of preparation, quite a low level of, you know, cooking skill, um, but something that is delicious and rewarding for you to get stuck into afterwards. So for example, something like a stir fry or curries are quite simple to bring together, or maybe it's something like, you know, homemade fajitas. Keep it simple um, and don't overcomplicate it. Okay, I love that. So be organized, list, shop, okay, and then keep it simple, but also rewarding. Um, yes. If I could give anyone a tip, I would say, um, because I know that this has helped our community members so much, um, having you doing the cook-alongs with us, I would say go to Bobby's page, pick two recipes and get good at them. And like then maybe get two more. And then if you have four recipes like that you can master really well, like that makes life a whole lot easier and you can build from there. Yeah, absolutely. You're so right. Yeah, it's like building up building up your own recipe book, you know, choose what you want from different content creators and build up your own recipe book and get so much more confident each time that you cook with them that you'll be like wanting to bring friends over and be like, come on, look at what I can make. You know, it'll, it's a whole process. It's brilliant. Okay. Amazing. Okay. Same question. So anyone who would love to get into something like yoga and think that, that thinks that could be a really good practice for them, like where to start? Yes. So I would say to find a beginner's class that doesn't have to be one that's in studio. It can be one that's on YouTube or, you know, you might sign up for a class that's online. Um, often there can be a little bit of fear when we're starting off yoga in a studio at times because you feel like, well, everybody else is going to be so much better than me. God, I don't have the confidence to be in here. Um, so when you're practicing at home in your own space, where there's nobody else there's no eyes around you you can just do your own thing and get into your own flow I think it can be really helpful for some people um you know at home practice isn't for everybody I completely understand that but if you are somebody who's quite self-conscious or maybe is lacking in confidence in starting um then I would definitely say to to give it a give it a go online find a YouTube class you enjoy find somebody online that shares yoga content you know give a scroll through my yoga practices and and find one that you like and build your your knowledge base and build your foundations a little bit before you head into the into the studio um I would say secondly then is like that to recognize that you are a beginner you know not to take a vinyasa class which is really up tempo really dynamic um you're flowing with the breath moving from posture to posture um it's quite a strong class so you know stick stick to something basic do you know don't try to run before you walk basically so sticking to something basic find a beginner's class or find like a slow flow class that will help you to get into the rhythm of it it'll help to bring you build your confidence you'll start to get to know the postures a little bit more um so yeah two main tips are try at home practice if you're lacking in self-confidence or you feel like you know you just don't want to be in a room with other people where there's so many eyes on you as you start or secondly would be to do the beginner's flow or find a level one style class and do not try to run before you walk um, I couldn't agree with those more I I say the same thing to anyone who wants to get into the gym is like okay if if you're that little bit self-conscious maybe we start with home workouts we build your confidence then we get into the gym 
some people won't be self-conscious stepping in even if they don't know what to do so maybe for those people a beginner's class in person will be fine um then the one thing what i feel with yoga is when you see a yoga teacher doing it or you see an advanced person doing it it looks easy when they're doing it and that makes you think i should be grand at this but like to know that Start as a beginner and build and it takes time, I think is really good advice. Same when you see someone cooking in the kitchen who's really good at it. It looks easy until you try and do it. So know that that will take a bit of practice too. Um, yeah. Next quick fire question for you. Um, someone who's trying to find a little bit more stillness in their day and feels like the mind is racing and they can't be with their thoughts. Where to start? Yeah, where to start. So I think like that, um, like I would never say to somebody to just go and sit in stillness and close their eyes and put on some meditative music in the background and and you know work on their breath or um you know try to visualize something for themselves because that is again running before you can walk if you're somebody who is so busy all the time you're rushing from thing to thing um the best thing that you can do is maybe use something that you enjoy a passion or a hobby of yours like i mentioned earlier like maybe art or perhaps for you you love getting out in nature you love going for a nice long walk so try and be more meditative or more present in doing that um so say for example if you're somebody who generally goes out for your walk but you pop in the earphones um what i'd recommend is leave the earphones at home get out listen to the sounds of nature you know treat really try to immerse yourself in the environment that you're in as you go for that walk and like that in itself claire is like meditative and people don't realize that but something as simple as being in nature and, and walking in nature is really really meditative so just leave the air airpods at home just for you know just while you get into the swing of it and as you start to to build and build and continue to go for your walks in nature or maybe do something in your meditative state like journaling like artwork or whatever it might be um then you can start well do you know what i think i've actually got a little bit more space in my head i think i'm maybe a little bit more confident here that let's try a guided meditation. So you pop on Spotify, you type in five minute morning guided meditation and you choose one that pops up for you. Um, then do we build it to 10 minutes? Do we build it to 15 minutes? And then, you know, after a while you might say, well, you know what? I don't need to be guided any longer. I just want some nice relaxing music in the background and I'm going to visualize my thoughts. I'm going to maybe manifest my greatest desires during this 15 minutes instead of listening to somebody else guiding me along the way. So again, it's a, it's a whole process. Start small, work up. Hey, I absolutely love that. Okay. Um, so I, I have a few more questions in my head that I want to ask you just from what you've said earlier. And you said that you are very clear on your purpose and your mission for the next few years or maybe for life overall. Do you mind sharing those with us? Can we know what, what, what Bobby is working towards? Yeah, I suppose you can. I mean, for me, the dream since I was like 12 years old was always to own my own cafe. Um, and I mean, I could just still imagine, I can still remember what I wanted the interiors to be, what I wanted the outside to look like, what I wanted the vibe and the atmosphere inside to feel like. Um, and even as I talk about it, I can still like, I can still see what I want in my head. I can still get the vibe like within my body of what I wanted to be like. Um, and that hasn't changed for me um the only thing now is that I want it to be a cafe with a yoga studio next door so I want mm. to be able to realize both passions and I mean who knows will it be something that will happen within the next five years I would love if it did um is it in the 10-year plan absolutely um but yeah I think I'm not putting myself under any pressure to get there either um I think I'm building strong foundations in what I'm doing right now in, you know, doing yoga courses, in content creation, um, in getting to know my niche a little bit more and in building my own community. Um, and they're all massive stepping stones and something to, you know, towards something like opening a yoga studio or towards something like opening your own cafe. Um, and I'm learning so much all of the time. So, yeah, I would say that is my ultimate goal. Um, and I have no shame in saying that. I will get there. I'm so stubborn that I will get there. Um, and it will be, you know, such a wholesome vibe, lots of greenery inside, really casual. You can come in and you can chat with friends and you can do some work or have a nice coffee or you can, you know, enjoy a nice 
wholesome wholesome plate of food uh, with some good tunes in the background and it'll be that nice community vibe somewhere that you're looking forward to going um, and somewhere that you know you feel safe in as well and not judged and I think that's really important for me as well to, to create um, to create a loving space um, and yeah so that's the ultimate goal there's obviously a lot of different things along the way there's different brands I'd love to work with and create content for um I would love to run another yoga retreat or maybe a few um we I ran a a, a sold out yoga retreat the end of 21 um in Westport and it was a magical magical weekend and I've I can't tell you how many people have asked me to do it again. I just, I don't know why it hasn't happened. So maybe it will, but definitely a couple more yoga retreats along the way. Um, and yeah, I would love to start a yoga mat brand. I've never said that out loud, um, but I would love to start doing yoga mats and some yoga accessories as well. Um, and maybe apparel, but yeah, again, who knows? Who knows wow. when that will happen? Thank you for sharing those with us. And like, I can tell that you have the complete vision of that cafe in your head. And I felt like I was almost there in a visualization with you. So as soon as that opens, I am there and it sounds amazing. And I've no doubt, no doubt in my head at all that that is going to become reality. And, and I, I definitely know what all your manifest manifestations are spent um, thinking about now. Um, oh, like I'm, crazy like I literally there's sometimes I go to bed and I'll just close my eyes and I can be there for like 20 minutes just like visualizing whatever it might be it might be something so small or it might be something like so big or I just did a vision board as well there um finished it last week for like the year ahead so yeah I love visualization I think manifestation is just so powerful and if you can just start getting into it at all like it's amazing I would have I had a book and I was actually only telling my sister this the other day. Um, we bought a house in Turlock in Mayo and we moved out of our house in Tubber And when we moved into the house in Tubber, I had, um, it was called the Power of Now Journal. And that's where I would yeah. have started writing all of my recipes first day. So as I would cook, I would write down all the ingredients that I was putting in, um, you know, because that's kind of content creation. That's if it works, it works. You've everything written down. And if it doesn't, well, then scrap it and let's go again um and on that same book I had pages and pages and pages of things that I wanted to achieve um and the book went missing for quite some time between the move and I probably hadn't laid eyes on it in the bones of 18 months and I found it a couple of months ago here when I was just clearing out a couple of boxes and emptying a few more bits and honestly here the amount of stuff that I was ticking off like weirdly I was like I didn't actually believe I was going to do this, but okay, tick. Do you know, like I had written it down being like, well, look, we'll write it down. It's probably not going to happen, but let's write it down. And honestly, like things had, had just happened. Like it's like it's like you kind of let out this frequency when you write something down that you're more, it's more willing to come back to you, I suppose, or it's more willing to happen. I could talk all day on visualization, manifestation, everything else. I love it. Um, But yeah, no, it's amazing. I would say if you if anyone's listening and they have dreams that they want to bring into reality to to write it down, visualize it, do a vision board, do a Pinterest board. Yeah. Start to bring it to life and it will happen for you. I absolutely love that. I've had some very similar experiences from all of the journals I've had over the years of like always setting goals and then forgetting that I've set them and seeing back a few years ago and being like, oh my God, like that is mad that that has yeah. actually become a reality. So I can totally resonate with what you're saying there. I have a vision board myself. I love all of that stuff as well. And sometimes maybe nothing comes of it for a while, but it's like, it's there and it's in the back of your head and you have an idea of what you're working towards. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm so conscious of your time and you've been so generous with your time. I'm going to ask you one last question, if that's okay. Um, so I would just love to know, this is the question we close every episode on. Um, what is the one piece of advice that from everything you've learned so far in your journey, what's the one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self looking back? Um, I do love this question. And I'm just going to take maybe a moment or two to think about it. Um, I would say mine would probably 
boil down to gratitude, maybe taking things for granted at times. And I think this saying is something that I, I used to have it in my Instagram bio when I was younger. And it was, if you're not grateful for what you already have, what makes you think you'll be happy with more? And I think nowadays we can tie happiness to material things or getting more or, well, if I have that, I'll be happy. Or if I um, have this, I'll be happy. And that's not always the way I would say to work really hard and finding contentment with what you have and who you are and who's around you. Um, and things will start to flow after that. I absolutely love that. Can you repeat that quote again? Yes. So if you're not grateful for what you already have, what makes you think you'll be happy with more? That's amazing and such an amazing way to close the episode. Um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing all of your incredible insights on your journey so far. I'll be so excited to have you back on the podcast someday soon. And um, just thank you so much for everything. I really appreciate you for being here. Thank you for having me, Claire. It's been so nice to chat. Thank you. <laughs>